start it up. Oh, you are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slapdick Podcast. Last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see. What up, what up, man, trying this again, technical difficulty, Slapdick Podcast, back to you on this fine Monday, the 20th, September, 21. Here on YouTube, man, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and become a member of the Slap Dig Podcast and my and my YouTube channel. Appreciate everybody that comes on and uh, engages, man. The YouTube channel is growing, so um, wanted to give a the title of this show is called Deranged Heroes. So I'm going to get into why I call them that. And I'll go from Stephen A. to the presidents, to the VPs, to ESPN, Fox, CNN, you name it. You guys look up to deranged fucking heroes. And you don't do the research to find out why the fuck they're just puppets in the show, man. These motherfuckers don't call nothing. They're just pushing narratives for the man. For the man. So I'm going to get into why that is. Um, like I said, deranged heroes, title of the Slap Big Podcast today. You can also make sure you go and check out my website, CoachJBStore.com, and you can purchase everything from, from my whiskey, which is back up and running. Check it out. To my posters, hoodies, my book, um, book and my posters I sign. And like I said, you guys can catch it, CoachJBStore.com. Go visit it. Check it out. And you can get you some merch, some gear, and my whiskey, of course, which is really, really good. And uh, check it out. I'm going to dive into a bunch of shit today on this podcast uh, titled Deranged Heroes. Quote of the day first, though. You will eventually eat what you serve. You will eventually eat what you serve. Make sure you realize that. Everything is going to come and make a full circle. It comes back around. And that's why I've titled this quote. Uh, I made this quote because I think it goes with the show's title, which is called Deranged Heroes. Um, you will eventually eat what you serve. People fucking serve people bullshit every single day. And they think it's cool. Like, think they get away with it. They think it's like giving a motherfucker poison. We're giving cats poison every fucking day. You guys are watching poison every single day. And I'm not here to say, ah, oh, fuck, I don't believe in all that shit either as far as, oh, man, what you watch is a fucking cryptic message and it's going <laughs> to, I don't give a fuck. I'm not into all that. What I'm saying is, you guys, ha you guys look up to heroes that are fucking deranged, man. They're just pushing narratives. And look at Wendy Williams, for instance, if you haven't heard her fucking story. She's in a psychiatric ward after gaining, after getting COVID, apparently. And then you got guys like Oscar De La Hoya who fucking, you know, grew up right here in East L.A. I used to see him at titty bars fucking all the time, man, uh, in L.A. and shit. Little motherfucker like this, right? He, you know, it, it's crazy. And now he's doing karaoke, freaking it on the fucking stage last night. If you guys didn't see the video on TMZ, it's like these motherfuckers are all out to fucking gain follows, likes, make money using their fucking likeness you know as they should okay each his own right each his own uh you know it's just uh man I got true story man about oscar de la hoya real quick one we're at a titty bar man called fritz that's it man there used to be a big time titty bar called fritz's it was in bellflower california real real popular shack fucking penny hardaway fuck you name it kobe everybody used to go in this motherfucker especially when kobe was real young right when he was a rookie and uh, he's in there with his team. And one of his ring girls was a girl I went to high school with. Uh, a good friend of mine's sister, actually. So she was in there with him. She wasn't stripper. She was just one of his ring girls. That means, you know, she walks around with the fucking every round on a big board. So she walks in there round one, right? Fine, fine Latino girl. So 
Anyway, he's in there with these girls and in his little security team or whatever. But he starts like ask, acting like he's hard. And so I'm in there pretty deep, actually. And, uh, you know, we're not too far from straight, not too hard from the neighborhood. And uh, we got into some words, man. And, I, <laughs> you know, my boys are like, look, I, I'm like, Oscar, you could be skilled as you motherfucking can be. You weigh 96 pounds. I'm just telling you, you better push my nose into my fucking nose bone in my brain, motherfucker, because you had to hit me 8,000 times to knock me out. I'm just going to be real with you. So I told him that in a, in, a, in a JB type of way, and it started some ruckus, man. And uh be honest with you, brother, I was rolling with some cats back in the day. I don't think they would have made it out that motherfucker. Uh, De La Hoya and them He probably would have never got his ass beat By Sugar Shane Mosley that next week But anyway uh, I got a lot of those type of stories man um, But I'm going to get into Like I said I think Bailey My Merle female bully is pregnant um, I think she is Hopefully she is Puppy's going to be expensive But follow my IG account Slapdick Bullies And you can stay in tune with what's going on with that I think there'll be October Halloween babies, and then I think they'll be available for purchase eight weeks later, which will put you right around Christmas. So we might have some slap dick Christmas presents like no other, um, but they're going to cost you motherfucking asses. You better go get a fucking financier or a loan or something. Um, Zeke is in the house on YouTube. He says, slap dick whiskey is a straight boner killer. Shut up, whiskey dick. They all say whiskey dick. Supposedly, whiskey makes your dick limp. Is that a thing, man? Is that a real thing? I want. I'm curious. All you men out there that drink whiskey, let me know if that's true. I've never ran into that issue, so uh, I'm just saying. I think slapdick actually makes the motherfucker harder. I'm sorry, Lucy, and every other woman in the room, but Zeke, you're talking out of line, slapdick. You know damn well. Your girl probably likes you more now because you fucking had a harder dick, uh, even though it's size of your motherfucking zipper. All right, so uh, I'm going to get into a bunch of shit here um, today. Like I said, title of the show, Deranged Fucking Heroes. And, uh, and like I said, man, you eventually eat. What you serve. I truly fucking believe it. And we're going to get into why that why that actually happens. Things go around full circle. I'm going to talk about my likes and dislikes of the day. Before all that, I'm going to get to paying some bills. This show on the Slapdick Podcast is brought to you by PlayActionPools.com. This season's bringing you some interactive fun uh, to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on all the action on PlayActionPools.com football pick'em challenge which is open to everyone here's how it works sign up for the contest using believe football pick'em that's b-l-e-a-v football pick'em at playactionpools.com you got to sign up that way and then get your picks in each week we're going to select the tie the 10 highest profile games of the week between nfl and college football whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of dc shoes Again, go to playactionpools.com, sign up for the contest, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, football pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com. They've got Survivor Pick'em as well. As cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Own Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sporting book pool needs. Go check it out. Um... But anyway, I'm going to get into why people think we have all these heroes out there that we look up to. And when you think about it, they're shitbirds. They're shitbirds, and we look up to them. And we're so fast to, we're so quick to fucking accept an apology from these shitbird criminals. They're all white-collar criminals. See what I'm saying? And the problem is, like, the white-collar criminals, the worst motherfuckers, they get away with the most murder. Not literally murder, but probably that, too. But I'm just saying, they get away with the most fucking criminal acts. And 
look at the fucking uh, the whole all the actors and actresses that were involved in the transcript deal to getting their kids in school. Like these motherfuckers didn't do shit. One of them did a year. What would what, what the one actress broad from Family Ties or whatever? What'd she get? Like fuck or whatever. What movie was that? Full House. What'd she get? Like white collar criminals, man. All stick together. They're part of a fraternity where the judges and the cops and everybody else is involved in them. And so you got these white collar criminals, man, that are their own fraternity. I argue it's worse than fucking. It, like people talk about the black and blue violent issues in the world and the white versus black and all that shit. Man, I believe it's white versus blue. It's white collar versus blue collar. And look at who's in those collars and you'll find out why we're so fucked up, why we're so divided. But anyway, that's why I titled the show Deranged Heroes from the Stephen A. Smith to the CNNs to the Foxes to the fucking Wendy Williams. If you listen to her and find out she's in a fucking psychiatric ward now after getting covid Oscar De La Hoya's shitbird ass. Uh, you got all these different people. Fucking the uh, what's his name? Um, the podcaster, the MMA guy, Rogan or whatever. You got all these different dudes, man, that push their own narrative, and 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 I don't believe it's really theirs. I believe it's they're pushing it from the fucking man, whoever the man is. But we'll see. College. Monday Night Football has become much better watch if you watch Eli and Peyton's show on ESPN2, right? It's hard to watch the game because they're so interactive with it, which is a good thing. They're better. Um, it's better to watch, but you can't really watch the game. Like I said, my boy who we share agents, actually, uh, Lewis Riddick, he does a hell of a job with real football, and you can watch the game. Um, but the truth of the matter is, Eli and Peyton are just Saturday night live on Monday night football. That's really what it is, right? They're both pretty good. They bring on guests and, you know, Russell Wilson and fucking Ray Lewis and all these different people. So it was crazy, too, man. I was going to take my NFL take of the weekend um, and the quarterback play and, you know, Zach's those four picks for the Jets. And, and like I said, I thought the rookie quarterback class is a really good one. I told you I thought Zach was – one of the better ones in the draft. Mac Jones, I told you, I thought was one of the better ones in the draft. I think Zach and Trevor Lawrence have the biggest upside um, in the whole thing, but they're on shitty teams. So people don't get it. They don't understand that these quarterbacks may be super talented like Joe Burrow, but look what happens when you're around a shitty team. And see, the Patriots are in a great organization, right? The best ran organization in football. But you have so many shitty ones that it hurts, it it truly hurts these young quarterbacks and it ends their career. I call them career killers organizations. Jets, Jacksonville, fucking the Lions. Um, <laughs> there's so many shitty organizations out there. The Browns, the Bengals. You know, Browns are getting better. You know, we'll see. Baker was ha actually had a good day yesterday. I think it was 19 to 21 at one point or whatever. But if you look at the throws that he makes, look at the balls and the system that they're running with him. They're trying to keep it as close as Oklahoma-esque as they can. RPO, fucking get it out quick, sprint him out, boot him. Because he's not a guy to sit back in the pocket and just read coverage and throw it on time. He's like Lamar Jackson in that sense, right? Better thrower of the ball, uh, probably. Um but Lamar makes so many fucking plays with his feet that it doesn't matter how shitty of a delivery he has. He makes he's hitting dudes wide open like he did last night, right? Like I love the shit out of Lamar Jackson. I just don't feel he's ever going to win a Super Bowl because he can't fucking stand in there in the playoffs when they've schemed him after 16 weeks. I tell you guys every year, Lamar balls in the beginning of the seasons. Because you don't have no film on what they're doing in the run game. And they're running basically what I do in college. What I actually run in college is what the Ravens run in the NFL. If you watch the game as a true football fucking viewer, all right? And if you really know anything about football at 
all to all you novice football fans out there who just sit back, drink, and watch the game and talk shit about your coach when you lose and you got the greatest quarterback ever when you win and then your organization's shitty when you lose. Please understand that Lamar Jackson is a freak of nature, but you got to understand, man, he he is running offense that after 15 weeks will be schemed in the NFL. If you guys really watched the football game last night, you'll see Chris Jones, the Chiefs defensive end, he was in fucking outer space last night. He had no fucking idea what to do. Number one, in my opinion, it's a bad place for Chris Jones knowing football. Okay, I think he needs to be inside. He's on the edge. He's never had to take on a wrong arm. He's never had to wrong arm anything. He's getting trapped now, kicked out. He's getting red. He's getting red play side and backside. He don't know what the fuck's going on, and he didn't make too many plays last night because of the Ravens scheme. So Lamar Jackson got off, and when you have great football players like a Chris Jones for the Chiefs, there's an old advantage in football. You either block him or you read him. Well, if you can't block him, read him. Chris Jones is almost like an Aaron Donald when he's at three technique or inside at the shade. You can't block him. So let's read his ass. The Ravens read him all night long, and then they started kicking guards at him and pulling the center and the backside guard, and they're running counter fucking read and power read, and they just had him in la-la land. He had no fucking idea. It was good football to watch if you're a guy like me who runs that offense. Bad football to watch if you're a Chiefs fan and don't, and don't understand true dynamics of football and watching Chris Jones play out of space, in space, in my opinion, at defensive end hurt them last night. And I would have made that adjustment if I was Andy Reid. But that's just me. I'm not Andy Reid, and I don't have a Super Bowl ring. So he can do what the fuck he wants, right? So that's what people don't get. Oh, man, you should. I would have did this. No, shut the fuck up. You sell donuts, motherfucker. You would not have done what he did. That's just like, I. that's why I always have to catch myself because it's like, dude, you have no fucking idea. I have no fucking idea what Andy Reid has to deal with every day up there. I have a fucking idea, but I don't have a fucking clue as to what he has to go through every single day in the NFL as the head coach, CEO, and either do you. So shut the fuck up and sit back in your fucking video game chair in 600-pound life and watch the game as a fan and shut the hell up. So I don't believe the Raiders are as real as people might think they are. I'm not a David Carr believer just yet. I love Gruden to death, but his Chucky faces get real old if they lose. They're entertaining as shit if they win. Um, I like Gruden better as a QB analyst on ESPN. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, but having said that, Max, Max Crosby, great fucking dude, good friend of mine. He's balling. Uh, motherfucker's getting it done. I hope he gets a big payday. He deserves it. Um, I think the Steelers are down. I think their offense is archaic. I think Big Ben's seen his la last days. Probably his last days were two years ago, um, to be honest. And I think they should have made a move at the position and get more athletic there, younger there. And uh, right now, the Steelers look like Ben Roethlisberger. That's what the Steelers look like, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Their defense is still pretty decent. But, you know, got a good rookie running back, obviously, who fucking, you know, another Alabama back who stiff arms motherfuckers and throws DBs out of bounds. And, uh, you know, it's fun to watch and all that. But they can't throw the football. Um, you know, I, I think Carr just is a guy, He's a, he reminds me of a Trent Dilfer who just gets it done here and there but can't win the big one. That's where I equate David Carr at. Um, so uh, we'll see. But I don't know. You know, he's never really been a clutch guy, you know, even in, in his college days. Um 
I don't know, man. We'll see. The Patriots, great organization, keeps Mac Jones from putting all the burden on him. That's what I was trying to get to earlier. The burden's not on Mac Jones like it is on Zach Wilson with the Jets. They had this motherfucker throw the football yesterday 50-something times. He threw four picks. Dog, he can't throw that many fucking times with the Jets. You have no... You don't have that fucking type of team. You're not that fucking good. Why would you put a rookie in that position? Look what they did to Joe Burrow last year, throwing the ball 50 times a game. Blows his knee out. Just look at what they do with these rookies. Look at Trevor Lawrence. Like, he may not win a game in Jacksonville. I'm just going to be honest. Urban Meyer is going to be like, fuck, I should take the SC job. I mean, you know... I don't know, man. It's just this is just my hot takes of the day before I get into the meat and potatoes of the show. You know, my boy Dante uh, Williams at USC, interim head coach, first black head coach at USC, uh, which is really alarming. Being in South Central LA, um, and I, I I compare it to Stanford, which is mind boggling to me because Stanford, you have Shaw, the coach, is a black coach right now. They've had Winningham, who was the coach before. As a black man. Palo Alto, California. Very affluent ass fucking part of Northern California. It's right there with Berkeley. You've had two black coaches. And USC's had zero. Private schools. Like you can't tell me that. That shit. Is. Right. (laughs) And I texted Dante after the game, congratulated him. I congratulated a good friend of mine, Kalani Sataki, the head coach at BYU, who's basically beat the shit out of the Pac-12 South already, um, which I believe BYU should go into the Pac-12, um, not the Big Ten or whatever they're going to, Big 12. Uh, I think they should go to the Pac-12. Um, but Kalani is from L.A. He has grassroots here, good recruiter. And people need to start changing the narrative and listening to the real. I'm sorry if I'm the real and a lot of you guys don't like me. That's fine. But I give you the real. The truth of the matter is (sighs) Polynesian coaches are fucking, there's some good ones out there and they'll never get looked at like the white or the black coach when it comes to picking a head coach. Kalani, unfortunately, won't get a sniff at the SC job, in my opinion, because of his ethnicity. In a, in a lot of this, in this world, people don't want to talk about. We already know how fucked over black folks get in the coaching world, how they are in this coaching business. The head coaches need black assistants like a motherfucker. But when it comes to hiring a head coach or getting an athletic director, no, 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 your role, dog, no, your role, which is like, a slap in the fucking face, right? 99% of the players are black. Well, not really, but I think, what is it, like 69% of, of, of football players are black throughout the country. Now, if we talk about specific teams, fuck, we already know most rosters, 90% of the motherfucking big-time schools are black, right? But 90% of the staff is white. <laughs> How do you figure that one? But... All the do, all the go-getters and the motherfucking doers are black. And all these white coaches, these 75-year-old motherfucking blue hairs, need all the young brothers to get the players. Well, <laughs> that's the problem. Usos, Polynesians, Tongans, and my boy Kalani's a Tongan, but... You know, they don't get looked at at all. And you go, you know, you got a, a Kenny at Navy, a good friend also. You know, people always, oh, Kenny's up for this job and that job. I don't think he was because why the fuck would he have stayed at Navy? <laughs> you don't think Kenny leaves for Michigan or Michigan State or fucking Auburn he, to stay at Navy? You got to look at certain things. Polynesians don't get the looks. And I argue that they get less than black coaches. Because Polynesian is fairly a new thing to all these administrators and these white folks out here. 
They don't know what polys really are. They don't know what polys really bring. Ask Joe, my boy Joe at uh, Oregon, who's one of the big time coaches in the business as a poly. He's the re- you know he brings a lot of that swag and those kids to Oregon. Just so we're clear, just so we're making sure. But these administrators don't know who the fuck Polynesians are in the coaching world. And I'm just telling you, they are getting fucked worse than black coaches in the coaching of football profession. (laughs) I'm being real. The best coach don't get hired. That's the problem, uh, Jared. The best coaches don't get hired. It's a who you know business and who knows you. It's not what you know. That's the problem. It's who you know. And I'm just telling you, I've told you before in this coaching game, it is a recycled business. And the administrators and ADs continue to hire recycled dudes. We're in a we're in a situation where we've never been before in college landscape, football landscape. I've told you guys for the last how long that the fucking transfer portal has evened out college football, and now everybody's starting to hit me up and saying, "Damn, JB, you've been calling that shit for some time now." Oh, now you listen because I'm on Pat McAfee show on Friday, and motherfuckers starting to see me more, and now they want to start saying, "Oh yeah, it's a fucking crazy how perception perception is reality." I've been saying the same shit for my whole life, but now all of a sudden I'm on Pat McAfee's show and now I'm right. (laughs) See what I'm saying? I do my own show and then I'm wrong. I say the same shit on Pat McAfee's show and I'm right. See how funny style motherfuckers is? That's just what fake cats really are. That's why they don't know. They Oh, that's him. Oh, man, he ain't as bad as I thought on Netflix. Oh, motherfuckers on Pat McAfee show. He must be legit now. I'm I'm fucking straight up. I'm buying his whiskey today. That's how fucking paper thin motherfuckers are nowadays. So, you cannot tell me that I haven't been right about every fucking thing I've been saying about this transfer portal thing and how it is leveled down and watered down college football. After Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson, the shit has leveled out. All right. And don't tell me it has it. So people are like, I heard Pat's show today. JB's going to have to answer for his pick of the weeks. Well, listen, you miss every shot you don't take and scared money don't make money. Why wouldn't I have picked an upset of the week being Indiana over Cincinnati? I could have picked Tulsa over Ohio State or Cincinnati beating Indiana even though it is expected in today's landscape, should not happen in Indiana. As I know, the head coach, Coach Allen in Indiana, I got a player that plays at Indiana. Indiana is on the rise as a program, but at the same time, of of course we know Cincinnati's on a rise, but strictly resource resourcefulness wise okay just for as far as facilities resources i've been to both programs it ain't close if you've been to cincinnati and that little fucking stadium and if you've been to indiana and you've seen their facilities and their outdoor practice facilities compared to their indoor and their stadium and it's a power five school resource wise you should not lose to cincinnati period So I picked Cincinnati to lose to Indiana. If you watch the game, Indiana dominated Cincinnati for fucking three and a half quarters. Indiana turned the football over in the red zone four fucking times and had a fucking kickoff return housed on them. And they lose by 14 because they had a pick six at the end of the game when it was really a close game. Indiana was up and should have won that game. They should have been up 28-0 if you know football. And then I got this Barstool guy on Cincinnati, Barstool Cincinnati or whatever talking shit and like he know. but it's funny they don't they don't talk during the game. See, I'm on Twitter all the time. It don't matter, right? I'm going to shoot my shot. Like I'm on the fucking talking shit. Indiana's up. Should be up 28 nothing. I'm telling you that on the game as it's played. All the haters from when I was on the show on Pat's show Friday and I said that Cincinnati was going to lose Indiana. Nobody was around on Saturday Why Indiana was digging their ass out. Everybody's at the house sweating. I'm out there talking. If I would be talking if they were up or down. 
See, that's the thing. That's that's who I am. And if they lost, hey, man, I took my shot. What am I going to do? What are you going to do? Fucking castrate me because I fucking picked a fucking underdog to win? Fucking idiot. But anyway, um, Arizona should not lose to Northern Arizona. (laughs) They should not lose to Northern Arizona. Florida State should never lose to Jacksonville State. Like, do people not realize how evenly matched this thing has become? These are FCS schools. The FCS has now became the fucking mid-major Division One. FCSs are now equal to a Toledo, an Akron. They're in a group. They're in their own group now beating... Division one power five schools. You just had two power five schools get beat by FCS schools who don't have nearly the same scholarship amounts, don't have the dollars, the resources, the facilities, the recruiting budgets, the uniforms, the glitz, the glam, the the big name head coach. And you get beat by those programs. I don't give a fuck if I just took your program over at Arizona or Florida State. There's no way you can tell me that I should lose to a Jacksonville State. <sighs> I'm just telling you, man. And people people are really, it's crazy. They could give these motherfuckers passes that make $10 million a year. But I get the worst. T- I get to hate. I get hated like I'm. A- oh, Coach JB went two and eight on Netflix last season. <laughs> hey, just so you know, the, the guy that that was on the Laney show, he he won the California State title the year before the camera showed up. And guess what he did on camera? What did he go four and six or three and seven? But it's crazy. He's still a great dude because he talks about mental health and shit. I'm the shit bird because I keep it real. <laughs> Perception is reality, man. Um, it's unfortunate. That's how the world, that's what the world is we live in. And we all look up to these deranged heroes and, uh, just remember you'll eventually eat what you serve. Um, you know, NFL wise, man, tonight, you know, you got the Packers, Detroit, you know, I I expect Aaron Rodgers to have a bounce back game, but I'm not going to be totally fucking shocked if he has another shitty game. This is the NFL. You got to understand, the dudes across from him are NFL players and make a lot of money, too. They put on their pants the same way, and they're coming to show you out every game. Don't be shocked if Aaron's still in struggle mode. He didn't play a preseason game. He fucking held out all year, chilling in Hawaii and all that shit as he should. He's a veteran who deserves what he gets, right? What he does. Well... I wouldn't be shocked if he struggles again tonight. I'm just going to be honest with you. So you heard it here first. Now, I expect him to bounce back. I'm just saying. I would not. My jaw is not going to be dropped if the motherfucker struggles. Um, Like I said, man, the Jets are putting the young Q in a horrible situation. I don't blame him for the four picks. I told you guys Daniel Jones on, on, on the show, on Pat's show Friday, I think he's really, really fucking underrated. I think he gets a bad rap. He's in another bad team with an archaic offensive coordinator, um, Jason Garrett, who I don't have anything. I like Jason Garrett. I just I just think he is running things he learned under fucking Ernie Zampezi, smoking cigarettes in the press box during the game when he was with the Cowboys and the Rams forever. Like, you got to get into the 21st century. With these young athletic quarterbacks. Daniel Jones is arguably athletic as anyone in the league besides Lamar Jackson. And if you don't think I'm serious, you're fucking don't know football. You don't realize that this white motherfucker is running by a lot of black cats in the NFL. (laughs) If you ain't realized that, then you're fucking deranged too. And that's why you fucking look up to these fucking weirdo ass people that you call heroes. Um, I don't know. I'm just being honest. That's my take. That's what I think. Um, I think it's shitty, but anyway, I only got about 27 minutes on the show left, so I got to get to it. Um, I'm going to talk some, some other shit here too. Um, another one of my ads though, man is balance seven. It's Lamar Odom's new deal. I don't know if you heard about Lamar Odom going over and playing, um, 
professional basketball on fucking Paul Gasol's team over in Spain, but apparently he is. And he's been taking a new product to get back on the court. Balance 7 is a pH balancing alkaline supplement drink. It's like vitamins or supplements in liquid form. Just one ounce a day, three times a day in a week. And you'll see the effects. So, hey, I tried the shit, dog. It actually works. I did some push-ups and shit for the first fucking time in a while. I'm My shit, I'm going to die. But, hey, it is what it is. So, you can uh, see how Balance 7 has helped. Right now, go to Balance7.com. That's with the number 7. balance 7 Dot com and use the promo code believe b l e a v you'll get ten dollars off on the thirty two ounce bottle. The bottle lasts eleven days, which is the perfect amount of time to fill the pH balancing drink. Go to work again. That's balance seven dot com. Use the code believe b l e a v at checkout. I did it. Worked for him. It could work for you too. Balance seven. Check it out. So. You know, I don't know if you watched the games. Like, people were asking me how, how I feel about Dante, uh, Dante Williams at UCLA or at uh, USC and, and different things like that. Um, you know, he's the, he's a go getter. He brought a lot of those kids to Oregon, a lot of those kids in Nebraska, a lot of those kids to Arizona, a lot of those kids to USC. He's upped their, recruiting class so he's done some better things right uh as far as helping them recruit but like i said he don't really how much of an imprint can dante put on a usc program is going to be hard to find, see because you get he's going to get about 10 weeks and the kids are going to love him everyone's going to fight for him to get the job and they weren't going to hire him i'm just telling you it's fucked up people talk about the enemy and all these people the enemy got fired by bone USC's athletic director, just so everybody's clear. Remember, one of my best friends in the world at University of Colorado, Darian Hagan, and he's a legend there and won the national championship there. And he's a coach there, and he's been there forever. And him and Eric Bieniemy are really close. They're both from right here in L.A. with me, and we all grew up together. And Bieniemy got fired by Bone at Colorado. Not personally, but the staff got fired. He was part of it. Why would Bone go after Bieniemy now? Because he's at Chiefs and then Andy Reid endorsed him, maybe, but that doesn't mean that they're still they're going to hire him. And I don't believe, I don't believe SC hires out of the box and hires a brother. I just don't see it. Hopefully, I'm wrong. I just don't see it. I would love for Dante to get the gig, a B enemy. I don't know. I, I just don't see it. So, hey, I'm just calling a square a square and a circle a circle. Um. It's sad and unfortunate, but we know that's the fucking world we live in. And we'd rather look up to fucking Wendy Williams, though, instead of fucking make the right fucking hire, instead of recycling these $10 million motherfuckers who can't beat Jacksonville State and Northern Arizona. And you're a Power 5 historical, legendary school. Bobby Bowden has to be fucking... No offense, he's got to be wide open. Uh, his eyes are wide open right now. Like, fuck is going on in my place of business. My school that I built into a national recognized program. Florida State is arguably up there with Alabama, SC, Texas. Well, not Texas. I, I don't know. Texas gets a lot of fucking hype, man. I, Texas has not done a lot historically. People really don't realize that. They just have a shitload of money from the oil fucking business and they pay a lot and they got all these gaudy facilities but what has texas really won vince young won one and when was the last time they won another one in the 50s or something i don't know people that talk about texas as this top five program i don't see it at least sc has a lot of national titles a lot of heisman trophy winners alabama a lot of national titles a lot of heisman trophy winners florida state National titles, a lot of Heisman Trophy winners. Like, those schools are fucking real deals. Um, Carolina Panthers, blank Jameis Winston, basically. He, he shows who he is. Two more picks. See, I told you, last week, everybody's anointing him as the new Drew Brees, and I'm just sitting there saying, pump your fucking brakes. Chill out. I told you guys, he threw for 140 fucking yards and five touchdowns that were all in the red zone in the one long ball. What did he do the other day? What did he do yesterday? Just telling you guys, man. I told you Jameis Winston's not that guy. 
I do like his arm strength. I like that he's a gunslinger. He just isn't the guy. He don't have the it factor. I'm sorry. People people don't listen, man. When you start listening to my fucking show and then you go back and see what I said and then you see it and you're like, oh, fuck. But now I'm, re- I'm remembered because I picked the fucking Indiana over Cincinnati. Oh, JB, you don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about real shit that I do know what we're talking about. So fuck picking a game, right? I'm telling you, and have I missed yet on a discussion about a quarterback in the NFL? No, I haven't. Show me where I have. But, you know, it is what it is. The Panthers look really good. They're 2-0. I mean, you got you to gotta ask, you know, are they the real deal? Like I said, I don't know if the Raiders are the real deal or not. I think Pittsburgh and Ben Roethlisberger is just really, really archaic and old. They just look old to me. One of my good friends is the O-line coach at the Steelers, uh, Adrian Clem. Shout out. So, uh, Pat had uh, Tomlin on the other day. Great, great, great little take. Um, Tomlin was on uh, Pat McAfee's show last Thursday, the day before that I'm on it. So, you know, I don't like Luke Fickle. Me and him don't get along at all. That's all I'll say. I, I didn't let him in my office in Indy. Um, I think he's a shitbird and a piece of shit. And that's just where I'm going to end that at. So I'm not going to put too much out there. But anyway, um, so, you know, that's just that's just what it is, man. Um, now, I got about 20 minutes left on the show, um, and I titled this show Deranged Heroes, right? Because that's what we got, deranged heroes. People look up to these people. Stephen A., Fox Sports, I mean, not Fox Sports, but Fox, CNN, um, all these different people, you know, People need to start looking up to motherfuckers that are real. Like, Marcellus Wiley's real. Whether you like him or not, the motherfucker's real. And he tells you real shit, and he makes you have to think about shit and go research shit. He don't just tell you shit that's made up and floating around out there as some conspiracy like a lot of these motherfucking puppets do. I call them puppets because that's what they are. To me, Biden's a puppet. Fucking... Trump was a puppet. They're all puppets in a show. It's probably some motherfucker in some extradition fucking big island somewhere smoking a stogie on a leather couch chilling, telling all these country leaders, these world leaders, this is what we're doing this year. It's like he's the main motherfucker. He's telling these motherfuckers, this is what we're going to do this year. Here's your agenda. Putin, you're going to fucking fight with biden this year like dog people don't realize there's some motherfuckers bigger than the presidents and these kings and queens and prime ministers and all these motherfuckers if you think they're the solo motherfuckers calling the shots you're fucking deranged and you're looking up to deranged heroes wendy williams you motherfuckers like her so much i I got all these motherfuckers they like her she's so fucking phony now she's in a psychiatric ward motherfuckers are quick to defend her after all the shit she talks but now she's gonna come out and guess what she ain't gonna get her show canceled she'll come back out and she'll have her show again and they'll push that narrative and continue to have shit birds pushing these different fucking things on these different big time shows that it's funny how they make these certain individuals big. Have you noticed how that shit works? Um, certain people get big real fast. Have you ever noticed? Like how do people get so big so fast? It's funny. Cause you know, there is a way I didn't know this, but there's a way I guess you can buy fake followers. You can buy fake fucking, uh, social media things. You can do all these different things. And yeah, Wendy Williams in a psych ward, dog. After she fucking bitched and moaned about the COVID thing, she got COVID apparently. And now it's not an easy fight. Her publicist, Tommy, came out and said, it's not the one individual that always wins. Sadly, come November, we are the anniversary of my mother's passing. They all spin it, dog. They put it on something else now. Now they're putting it towards someone else's mama and this and that. So everyone takes oh, she's been transparent about her struggles with drug abuse um, since 1999. And then Wendy, apparently in 2017, Wendy infamously passed out during the show's Halloween episode, if you guys remember that shit, and then credited dehydration. But they said she was high as a motherfucking kite. Like, these are the motherfucking real people that you're looking up to. 
This motherfucker right here who tells you and your kids all these fucking things that everybody thinks is the greatest. Now, guess what? Wendy Williams shitbird ass, dope head ass, who's on a big time show. She's going to come out, do this fucking PR statement, and all you soft fucks are going to say, Oh, Wendy, we love you. Thank you for apologizing. You said it so great and eloquently. JB apologizes. Fuck JB. You're a shitbird. <laughs> it's so funny how these motherfuckers stick together. Like I tell you, man, it's white collar crime versus blue collar crime. Shout out to my boy, man. Uh, by the way, um, if you guys hadn't heard, um, you know, my main man fucking from Friday uh, passed away, man. Anthony. Um Anthony uh, Anderson, ain't it? Uh, I mean, Anthony Johnson, man. My my boy, I uh, had a buddy named Anthony Johnson, but Anthony Johnson, 55 years old, man, uh, passed away uh, last night, I guess. And uh, I don't know how he died or anything, but, uh, man, that was my boy Ezel on Friday. Um, also known, you know, in movies like House Party and different shit. Um but I don't know, man. That's fucked up, man. You know, I got a buddy of mine who's actually a great friend of mine, 48 years old, played for Washington State, a legend, man. Shout out to my boy Derek Sparks, who runs cleats for cancer up in Seattle, man. And uh, his daughter is just beating cancer. And please, man, give a prayer and a shout out to uh, to my boy Derek Sparks, man. He's fighting uh, for his life right now um, and was diagnosed with uh pancreatic cancer man and uh that's what my dad died of man so i know what a what an uphill battle it is and he's he coaches up in seattle man and he's actually just coaching and uh, i'm curious to see if he got the vaccine or not um a lot of people are already attributing it to anthony johnson's death dmx fucking hank aaron a lot of cats are skeptical. Did you see today the fucking CDC won't allow or the FDA won't allow the fucking booster shot to be cleared? FDA won't approve it. Now motherfuckers are starting to think again. Hey, man, it's just fucked up. LA's trying to put mandate on you have to show vaccination results to go into a club or a bar. But why don't you have to show vaccination results to go into a restaurant, motherfucker? You know why, people? Because if you told the restaurant people, fuck you, I ain't coming in, what happens to the restaurant? It folds. It goes out of business. But why we don't ask the waiters, the managers, and the motherfucking cooks who's touching your food to prove their vaccinations? Oh, JB, you can't. Motherfuckers, dog. Why can't I say it? Motherfucker, because it's the truth. Dog, you cats, man, really be killing me with this shit. Like, how about everybody boycotts a restaurant? Don't go in the restaurant. Tell everybody in the restaurant, nah, fuck you. We're not coming in. You show us your fucking vaccination card. <laughs> now, listen, I'm not this anti-vax guy. I'm not pro-vax guy. I'm not these weirdo fuckers out here that are mad about the fucking vaccine. Listen, we've been taking vaccines our whole life. We've been doing this and we do that. But please understand black Americans, how they are, because you have had fucking studies used as guinea pigs with these motherfuckers in the Tuskegee experiment and in these fucking all these different experimental drugs have been used on African-American black people. Why would you not be skeptical if you were black motherfucking white people? <laughs> please put yourself in a motherfucker's shoes one time. Please do it. I just asked you guys to do it one time, but you won't. Um, it's funny when you judge something and you never you have not a clue about how to go about it. Um, taunting rule versus the targeting rule. I gotta. I got about twelve minutes. I gotta get into it. Uh, the taunting rule just took me by surprise here. Okay, by the, in the last few minutes, um, not a few minutes, but. Um, The, the targeting, I mean, the targeting rule, you know how I feel. I've done multiple videos of it. I've talked about it on multiple shows. Uh, <laughs> the targeting rule is a fucking bitch-made rule. And I'm going to equate it to this. 
the referees who I respect and appreciate because there is a referee pandemic, just so all you out there that don't know, just so you guys don't know the real story right now, there is a referee shortage in America, people. Just like there is a glass shortage. For you that didn't know, my whiskey bottles struggle to get filled because we have to repurchase bottles. There's a glass shortage in America. For anyone that's an entrepreneur or business owner out there knows there is a true glass shortage right now in America. The pandemic hurt a lot. The automobile industry, glass, coins. You know, we have a coin shortage in America, right? There's a lot of shit out there that's fucked up because of this. Whatever reason they fucking did this, you know. Um, just so we're clear, we have a glass shortage. We have a lot of shit that's on the fucking, it's, it's hard to get going. And you have these referees who I appreciate and respect, although I think they are, way out of their line and get they get way out of line and get way out of their lane when they eject these players even though that's the committee rules right that's the fucking this this NCAA non-caring assholes of America's rules they put together in these committees how hard is it to put in two flagrants a flagrant one keeps you in the game a flagrant two ejects you why is that so difficult to do when you basically are playing a sport that is where contact is inevitable and unavoidable. We play a sport with unavoidable contact. We're taught to hit in pads and tackle you and do different things. Why are we ejecting these players for playing the game? The refs have no investment in these kids and either does the NCAA committee. Meaning this, these kids work their asses off 12 months out of the year with zero pay, turn down jobs, miss holidays to go home for bowl games and practices. You don't know the sacrifice these kids put in. For you to take game film from them and you eject them, you are slapping everyone in America in the fucking face. And you're slapping the kid in the face even harder when you say, oh, well, you don't have to go to the locker room now. You could just stay on the field. Who gives a fuck? That's their fucking, that's your, that's your get back. That's your get out of uh, jail. That's their get out of jail card. Motherfucker. Put, keep them in the game if it's a non-malicious act. If you've, if you've watched any of these fucking targeting plays, there has been no malicious intent, in my opinion, of any of them. Any of them. It's been an unavoidable contact that we're trained to do. And play with violent, reckless abandonment. And you guys don't get it as refs because you don't know how to tackle. If if I would conduct a training course for you to learn how to tackle referees, you would basically have another fucking out and perspective on these kids' struggle every day to hit a target at 15 to 18 miles an hour with 12 pounds of gear on and stay in your fucking so-called target zone. How about we put the pads on you, referee, and you go and try to, tra tra uh, try to tackle fucking Derrick Henry, motherfucker. Let's see how you do. Let's see if you can fucking stay away from targeting. But yet we got all these referees on social media coming and talking shit to me like, well, I've done all these studies. Shut up. Your studies mean nothing if you don't know how to tackle yourself in a game that is called a fucking full-on, it's not a contact sport, it's a collision sport, by the way, just so we're clear. It's not basketball. It's not fucking baseball. It's a full-on collision sport with 12 to 15 pounds of gear on. If you fucking understood how to tackle you would understand, and if you understood what the kid's sacrifice is every day and how what they go through, and for you just to snatch it out of them into the, in the 23rd hour of their fucking career, you take a game from them where they lose money and opportunities, they lose, they lose NFL evaluating processes and evaluating um, games they're losing from the NFL perspective because they're missing games. And you don't give a fuck. You have no investment in them. You don't know what they do all 12 months of the year. You just quick to throw them out for a fucking play that's unavoidable. Like, it blows my mind. 
the 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 fucking taunting rule and I got about six minutes here. The taunting rule is the biggest slap in the face because before everybody gets all up in arms and all this talking shit about everything, let's make sure you know the truth about this thing, okay? Who's making the who came out yesterday? Mara, right? Owner of the Giants. He comes out and says, There's no place for taunting in this game. This is a fu-. basically he's saying, You black people do not do this. You're making us white people look bad. That's what Mara said in layman's terms. Okay. I just want to put it all out there for all the Ebonic speakers. I want to make sure that we're clear. And that's what the rich white people just told all the black people that basically filled their teams. Okay. Don't make us white people look bad, black people. That's what Mara said yesterday, all right? Let me make sure that I put it in perspective for you in the next four minutes that I have, okay? I want to make sure that you understand when you look at these owners, okay? These owners are these rich white folks. There's no black football owner, so we don't have to fucking even discuss that, right? What is there, one GM now, finally? Well, these guys would be scared to get gas in the same neighborhood these players of theirs grew up in. Let's just make sure you understand that. These owners would not get out of their Bentleys to get gas in the neighborhoods these players grew up in. So what makes you think they really truly grasp a competitive shit-talking situation after a big-time player makes a big-time play against another big-time player. Have you ever seen a fucking pickup basketball game, you fucking old blue hair fucks? No. We used to squab, right? But mostly, 90% of the time, before if we, did, if we had to fight, we fought. But most of the time, it was just shit talking, dog. We're talking shit when we, when we score on you or hit a jumper in your eye or cross you or grab or glove your shit. Whatever we do, we're talking shit. In football, we talk shit. It's a very highly competitive game. The juices are flowing. You got the fucking adrenaline going. And motherfuckers make plays. And now... You don't know the difference between taunting and disrespecting your white league. Period. That's the difference. And you have no investment beyond beyond that. Like, you don't know the difference between a personal foul and shit talking. Like, you don't get it and you never will. And, and again, these blue hairs only pay people of color to win them games. They have no investment beyond that. For most of them, let's be honest... Do they try to go out and, and, and learn their upbringing or find out about their background? Do they go spend fucking holidays with these motherfucking players? No. They just tell their rich buddies that, hey, man, Lamar got shot when he was young. Imagine living that life. And then they look at you like, yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't live that life. I never will. I never have. But remember my quote. <laughs> remember what I fucking told you guys, man, in the, in the quote, man. You, you will eat what you serve one day. You will eat what you serve. Shit goes around full circle. So... It's funny, man, that these guys would be scared to get gas where their players are from, but yet want to come out and say, in layman's terms, basically, you guys stop making us white people look bad. Motherfucker, you guys are unbelievable. Just just know your lane. We pay you a lot of money. Just just, just do what your job is. Like, like, shut the fuck up, you fucks. But yet we live in this progressive society and we can do this. Little Nas X can get fucking dudes banned and blackballed, but the straight community can't do anything to the gay community. The gay community can run the show. Now, I have no issue, man. I have fucking people I know that are gay and I have no issue. I'm not a gay basher. I don't give a fuck what fucking, if that's your choice, right? But if you're a straight heterosexual and claim to be, you don't wear a dress like Russell Westbrook. I'm sorry. You don't. If you're gay, come out as gay. But don't say you're straight and you're rocking the, the fucking dress. Now, listen, we could, we could do what we want, man. You got a lot of money. I love Russell Westbrook's game. I think the motherfucker's a dude, like I said. But to me, man, we're in this like, what, what, what are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? 
You want to talk all this shit about how motherfucking manly you are and you're wearing a dress. Well, fuck. That shit just don't make no sense to me. But it is what it is, man. That's the world we live in. Motherfucking mercies. Men wear purses now. And tight skinny jeans. And pink is an all-time high color for men now. That is just different than what we grew up on. Right, Gabe? Hey. Hey, man, it's a great show. I appreciate everybody coming in. And uh, it's a great day to have a great fucking day. And uh, YouTube, I'm staying on for a minute. Uh, my Slapdick Podcast, is this is it for me right now. And I'll have it up today. Spotify, Apple Tunes, iTunes, and Apple Music. Appreciate you guys. Peace. Hope this ain't my last chance. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's-